Welcome to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lukin, the Financial Dignity Coach. In this podcast, we help you recover a positive and peaceful relationship with your personal finances. We do this by bringing together wise money management with emotional intelligence. Join us for this journey where we navigate our relationship with money as Christine Lucan draws from years of experience and guest experts to help you get to the root of your money issues. Hello and welcome to Money is Emotional with your host, Christine Lucan. Christine, what's going on? Well, it is cold today and you and I were talking about how we uh, how we fight the cold and for you, it's facial hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the easy, lazy way. <laughs> for me, it's layers and slippers. Layers, layers and slippers, yeah. <laughs> I, I asked Alexa this morning, you know, what's the temperature? And she said six and then you oh, know, it's going to be a high of such and such. And 20 minutes later... <laughs> the alarm went off and then it's, she said, Oh, current temperature is zero and the low will be zero today. I'm like, you can't just change it 20 minutes later. I mean, but she did. So yeah, it's, it's bitter cold, but yeah, today is warm and it's warm in studio. You have a guest. I'm very excited to hear what you guys are talking about. I do. Yes. Today's episode is entitled help. I am terrified of taxes. Oh, And, um, you know, our special guest and tax expert, Lisa Nicer, she is going to help us dissolve these top fears that we have about taxes by empowering us with knowledge and a plan of action. And I will say, this is something that has, you know, fears about taxes in the IRS have plagued me as well. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't just something that, you know, if you're in financial distress, that you can have fears about these types of things. Um, you know, as our finances become more complicated, as we get into higher tax brackets, sometimes these fears are actually bigger than when we were able to do the very simple tax forms and, you know, do them through TurboTax. So, yeah. So yeah, this is this is kind of a, a heavy topic, but I think by the time we get to the end of it, people are going to feel much more peaceful and relieved. So let's go ahead and introduce Lisa because I am excited to bring on Lisa. I have had her um, speak privately to my membership group in the past, um, actually three times every year. We do uh, like a tax update and. Um, Lisa has a master's degree in taxation from DePaul University, and she has been an IRS enrolled agent for over 25 years. Uh, Lisa provides tax advice to both individuals and business owners so they can make informed decisions for their finances. Welcome, Lisa. Um, is it safe to say that you love taxes? I do. Is that crazy? <laughs> I would say yes. <laughs> I, I could live with that. Uh, so, Lisa, I've actually assembled a list of people's top tax fears. And for each of them, I'd love for us to kind of break this down into three parts and for you to tell us three things about each of the fears. First of all, like, how afraid should we really be of this situation? You know, like on a scale of one to 10, 
how serious is this particular situation that people are fearing? You know, number two, the scoop on what actually happens if someone is in this particular situation. And finally, what actions should our listeners take if this situation happens to them? So are you ready for the first fear? I am ready. (laughs) So this is probably not a surprise to you. So the first fear is being audited by the IRS. And I know that you saw my post on LinkedIn yesterday where I listed out some of these fears to kind of see, you know, which ones were the top fears. And I actually got a comment about this one, which was kind of crazy. And I don't know if you saw this, but one person said, quote, if I am ever audited, I plan to just disappear. I will become a street person and no one will ever hear from me again. I missed that comment. That seems a little extreme to me. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what they're actually doing with their taxes and finances. (laughs) That's the response. But. That's that's what I'm thinking. So right. how afraid should we really be of being audited by the IRS? You know what? For the majority of people, I wouldn't be afraid at all. Like, honestly, a zero. I wouldn't be afraid at all unless you're doing something you shouldn't be, right? The IRS is, you know, they have to have a return on their investment when they audit someone. So for the time they spend, they have to have a realistic expectation of collecting money. So unless you are doing something significantly incorrect or not reporting income, the fear should not be there. Okay. Um, right. So what happens if you are audited, you may get a mail audit or you may get a in-person audit. Either way, they just want documentation for something in your return or some things in your return. And if you keep good records, there's no problem right? Okay. I mean, that's really what it is. Now, here's the thing. The only people that really should even think about it, in my opinion, are people that have, you know, like a Schedule C business, or they're self-employed, or they have rental property. Because if you just have a W-2 and your mortgage, you can't cheat, right? There's nothing to cheat on. Everything's reported. Now, if you have a business, you might be trying to deduct personal expenses or things that you shouldn't deduct. So mm-hmm. those are the where areas where your odds are higher. But, you know, like I said, they need to have a return on investment. So unless there's a significant chance of recovering a lot of money, probably your odds are low. Now, that's not saying you should cheat, right? It, just, <laughs> uh, but yes. those are the only places. So what happens is they are looking for documentation and they don't really want to see credit card receipts. They want to see actual receipts. Okay? Mm. Okay. Um, and this is why I tell people all the time. You know how they say yes to the dress, say yes to the receipt. So if it's uh-huh. an expense, keep the receipt. It's really not that hard these days. You can use your phone to scan it or take a picture or put it in a, you know, a folder in your, in, you know, your email. I mean, it's really not that hard. And yeah. honestly, it's not even that you have that. It's that you're not missing deductions that you're entitled to. To me, that's the bigger thing. Uh-huh. You, you know, you forget. I mean, I forget. I understand. It's like, oh, I bought this. So I forgot about that. So if you have all the receipts, what will happen is they, uh, so for example, I had someone, I've never had anyone audited whose return I have prepared, but I have represented people. And so what happens is they say, okay, we are auditing your schedule C and your rental property. We want to see the backup for every 
expense item that's on here. That makes sense. Um, now, so, go ahead. when they do that, it's usually just for a set period of time. It's not like you're being audited and you're being audited for this year in the past six years. It's usually they're auditing a specific tax year. Is that correct? That's correct. So they'll start with that. If they find <laughs> things, they may go further. Okay. Now, here's the scoop. I audited the gentleman who hired me for this more than they audited him. So we had a cover sheet for every single category, expense category, and then we had all the receipts behind it. Okay. Mm. So when we went in and we had calculated, you don't inadvertently make mistakes, right? right. They're not going to put you in jail. I mean, the worst that happens is they charge you some more tax, right? <laughs> and some interest. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Um, but, and we had calculated out, like he had done nothing illegal, but there were things that like, okay, it could be questionable. We had calculated out how much we were re willing to settle on um, mm -hmm. in case they did something. Do you know, after 15 minutes, she looked at me and said, no changes. I said, in that category, she said, no at all. Cause she saw how organized we were. Mm -hmm. It wasn't worth her time. Got it. So, so I think that's really important for people to understand that being organized with your tax paperwork, I mean, it's going to save you time when you're actually doing your tax return, but it's also added insurance for if you ever get audited. Is that correct? How I'm hearing exactly, you? Exactly. Because here's the thing. They're going to audit you. It's probably not going to be for a couple of years. Right. And so it's kind of challenging. I mean, it's easier now that we have online accounts, but it's challenging to go back and get receipts for everything two years later, better to do it now. And so not only will it save you stress, it could save you money. Cause like I said, you may not miss deductions. Right. Well, so. and it, it doesn't have to be super complicated. And this is a conversation I've had with, um, you know, business owners, especially creative business owners who are like, I'm just not organized. And I'm like, look, all you need to do is get 12 file folders, put the name of the month on each file folder and just put your receipts in there. But we can also do that digitally, too. And I do it even simpler. I have one file folder for the year and I just dump everything in there. Um, and go. I do it where like, if it's just like a receipt from a restaurant, I tape it to a piece of paper so that it's very clean and easy and you don't like miss things that are crumpled up in there. Mm. Uh, but I mean, it's so easy these days to do stuff. I mean, I, you know, you can scan using your phone and then print it out. Like, I just think it's good to print everything because then you can just see it, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super easy. I mean, it's just do it as you do it. And if you get in the habit one is going to save you a ton of time, but it's going to save you a lot of headache. Now, let me ask you this. So if someone finds out they're being audited, what is the first thing that they should do? And we know it's not feeling panic, but that's probably going to be the first reaction. I would hire someone to represent them in front of the IRS, like an enrolled agent. Okay. Uh, the IRS kind of speaks their own language and to have someone that understands how to speak with them is a huge help. You know, it's kind of a game. It's kind of like lawyers going in front of a judge. You know, mm. there's certain protocols. And so if you understand how that works, it just makes the whole thing go easier. Um, yeah. You know, and just get, I highly recommend hiring someone to help you. Okay. Um, enrolled agents are licensed to represent you before the IRS attorneys are, CPAs are. Okay. Awesome. So chances are, most likely, if someone has a tax professional, they will be able to do that on their behalf. In most situations, yes. Okay, fabulous. Well, I think we kind of talked a little bit about fear number two. 
but we can probably elaborate on this. And that is, I'm afraid of making a mistake on my return. So again, I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? You owe money? Well, I think that's what people are afraid of. They're like, what what does happen if that's I make a mistake? Thing. I mean, the worst that happens <laughs> is they assess interest and penalties. Okay. Right? I kind of go through it. It's kind of like with my kids. It's like, okay, is anyone going to die? Like, no, no one's gonna, <laughs> it's a tax return. Okay. No one's dying. And so, you know, if you make a mistake, you'll get a notice. And if it's, you know, you did something wrong, you pay it. Right now, there is something called a first time penalty abatement. So if you made something and they charge you interest and penalties and you've always filed your taxes and paid your taxes and you've never had a penalty before, you can write in and they will likely abate the interest and penalties. Oh, well, that's good to know. Yes. So, I mean, they're really not trying to be mean. They're trying to work with you. They know people inadvertently do stuff. Now, if it's blatant fraud, no, but right. You know, things happen. I've had people, oh, I forgot I had whatever account or I had this whatever account. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, you know, it's just inadvertent. So you respond to it. I think that's another one of your fears and move on. You know, we got a lot in our life. Do not worry. I mean, hopefully you have enough money that if you had to pay a little bit in interest and penalty, it's not going to bankrupt you. Right. Right. That's really the worst that would happen. So to me, that's not so scary. It just is annoying. Right. (laughs) So what happens if someone catches a mistake that they've made themselves and they're like, oh, no, I mean, maybe some paperwork got lost in the mail or something and, you know, they've already filed the return and they're like, oh, crap, I should have reported, you know, this income and this, you know, this tax paper got lost in the mail. What do you do if you find a mistake either to your favor or to the IRS's favor, what do you do to to fix it if the return's already filed? Well, you can file amended return. And so that you just explain the change and you calculate the change in tax, either, you know, additional taxes due or additional refund. And what's nice is they've now made it so you can electronically file those amended returns. They just started that last year, which is nice. And you could also now get a direct deposit of any refund, which was nice Mm -hmm. because it used to be that you'd have to get a paper check. And I'm not going to kid you, do not, I do not recommend people file a return and say like, oh, well, I'll just get the rest and file an amended return later. It takes like four to six months to process an amended return. Oh, wow. Um, It has to be processed manually, even if you electronically file it. And so it's not recommended just because you're lazy, right? But if you do find (laughs) something, you absolutely should send it in. Now, if it's a refund for a lot of states, you have to get that federal refund back before you can submit the state amended return. Hmm. They want to know that the IRS approved that change before they will do it. If it's a balance Mm -hmm. due, go ahead and pay it all because they'll take your money. Of Um, course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They don't ask questions. They just take it. (laughs) They'll take your money. But really, now the thing with a amended return in your favor is you have three years from the date that return was due to, to claim that change. Okay. Now, how long can the IRS catch your mistake? So for most things, it's the same threshold, the three years, unless there's like blatant fraud. Okay. All right. So, and that's why I tell people when they're looking at how long do I have to keep my tax returns? 
three years from the date they were due. Really? Oh, man. I've got some stuff that needs to be shredded then. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you have properties or other things with cost basis, you might want to keep that or the documents surrounding it. Oh, okay. But the rest of it, yeah, no. I just, and here's the thing, I scan in all my tax returns because I think it's fascinating to go back and look at what I lived on so many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't live on. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I, I did that not too long ago. I was actually looking at donations and I was just, uh, I was just fascinated by how much more I've been able to donate the past couple of years just because of, you know, how well my husband and I have done, which is, which is like kind of fun to see that right? incremental growth of like, look how much money we've been able to donate and, or, you know, that. look at how much our taxable income has grown. So that's, that's cool too. And I think that's motivational to say, yeah, Hey, we have achieved this or I have achieved this. It's mm -hmm. slow and steady, but like I am doing it. Yeah. Excuse me. Yes you. Thank you so much for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.christinelukin.com and all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. Yeah, so tax fear number three, I think is the biggest one. Of course, according to my informal poll, 38% of people pick this as their top one. And this is being unable to pay my tax bill. Again, I would not be afraid of this. The worst that happens is you pay interest and penalties. Now, here's the big thing. Even if you cannot pay, you need to file your return on time because there is a penalty for late filing and then there's penalties and interest for late payment. Oh. The penalty for late filing is 10 times the penalty for late payment. Oh my gosh. So get your return in and then deal with the balance due. Now the IRS is realistic. They know that people have situations. So there's a couple ways you can do this. You can put it on a credit card. I do not recommend this. Okay, so you pay the credit card fee, which is about 2%, plus it depends on what your interest rate is. Now, if you have something where you have a zero interest credit card and you can pay it off in that term, maybe that's worth doing. Mm -hmm. uh, but the IRS has an online installment agreement that most people just automatically accepted for. And okay. you just, so once your return is accepted in their system, you go in and you set it up. It's $31 to set it up. And then they just, you tell them how much you could pay today and how much you could pay per month. And as long as they accept it, then they'll just debit that each month till it's due. Okay. Um, now you do pay interest and penalties, but you know, they're not gonna, you know, claim your, your paycheck or anything like they can't do anything once you've done that. Okay. So as long as you make a good faith effort to pay it, they get it, you know, they get it. Yeah. They'd well. rather have that than nothing. Right. <laughs> right. Now, the interest rate is adjusted quarterly. Currently, it's at 7% per year compounded daily. It went up this quarter. Um, it was at 6%. So, right. you know, it's it's high right now, but it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, if you can't yeah. pay it, you can't pay it. Well, it's certainly lower than most credit card interest right. rates, for sure. Right. For sure. Right. I have found myself telling people, like, it's not illegal 
to owe the IRS. Like yeah, they're no, they, like they're not going to throw you in jail oh. because you owe them something. Now, it is serious and you shouldn't ignore it. You need to make a payment arrangement. But I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, you can get in a lot more trouble for not filing. Yeah. And that's the thing I was just going to say. Make sure you file. Because even like that first time penalty relief abatement, you have to be current with your filing. Okay. So even if you can't pay it, file it, file it, because that will cause more problems. Uh, You know, failure to file is a much bigger problem. Yeah, that makes sense. And, Um, you know, I've got clients, most of them, most of the clients who come to me who owe the IRS are small business owners. They are, you know, attorneys that own their own practice, their doctors, you know, maybe they own their own consulting firm. So taxes aren't being withheld on that. And to me, that really kind of raises the red flag of, are you working with a tax professional that's helping you to forecast your estimated tax payments so you don't get into this situation because I the tendency that I see is once you get behind, you can get caught up, but it's hard. I mean, you've really got to take like one year where you just like drastically cut down your expenses and buckle down because you're going to have to pay the IRS what you already owe them for past years and make your estimated tax payments for this year. So getting caught up can be hard, but it's got to be done. Exactly. And I think one of the hardest things when people switch from being a W-2 employee to being self-employed is that they don't get the net amount in their bank account. They get the gross amount and they physically have to give it back. So emotionally, that's very hard. But I mean, (laughs) you just need to move like 30, 40% to a savings account. It's not yours. You were paying, you had it off the whole, just make your own withholding. Yeah. Right. But you are absolutely right. You need to be working with somebody to understand what the tax liability is, what's deductible, what's not, what, you know, what other things can you take and to know what's there. Right. Because you are exactly right. Once you get behind, it is a really tough situation. And it's really like physically and mentally taxing on you. Like that is right. not a good place to get into. No. Um, so if you're there, give yourself some grace, say, okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Let's make a plan. Yep, absolutely. Now, this fourth fear, I have experienced this myself. And this is receiving correspondence from the IRS or yeah. another tax authority, right? You get this letter. It's not something you expect. It's like you see it in the mailbox. And I don't like for me, this is not like a thinking thing. This is something that happens in my body where there's like literally the shot of adrenaline, like, oh no. (laughs) Nobody likes to get a love note from the IRS. (laughs) So here's the thing. You know, they might just be asking for more information, right? Mm. They might might be making a change and the change might be incorrect. Hmm. I've had that lots of times where they did something and I'm like, no, that is not right. It's already reported in here. So one thing is one, if you have 
a tax professional, just send them a copy of the letter and let yeah. them work out for you. That's part of what you're paying for, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but do not ignore it. That is the biggest thing. Do not ignore it. Read yep. through it, see what they're asking and respond in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it really is just providing some additional information. Yep. And so one thing is now there is often a opportunity to fax the response. I like that because the IRS, as we all know, is quite behind on opening their mail. Okay. Um, <laughs> when they reopened after the pandemic, I think in 2021, they had 5 million pieces of unopened mail. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. I think they're close to caught up, but you know, it's, it's a lot of mail. <laughs> well, And one of the things we got notices for last year was people had filed their taxes electronically, but they want to send in a check. So their return got processed, but the mail hadn't been open. So they got a notice saying, Hey, you didn't pay your taxes because it hadn't, you know, it didn't get processed. We're like, no, they sent it in. Here's the certified mail receipt. And they mm. matched it up. Wow. But people are like, what do you mean? I made my payment. Oh my goodness. It was, you know, so, um, so if you can fax it, I recommend that if you can't, Anything you mail to the IRS, you should send certified mail. So you have proof of the date you sent it and they received it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's a good idea. Oh, so even oh, payments, like anything, your but regular here's the thing payments. With payments, I really encourage you to make online payments. Okay. And you can use your credit card. You can use debit card. You can have it directly debited out of your account. That's and you could set it up for a date in the future. Oh. That's... So it, I just, you know. That just makes it easy. Then you have a receipt. It's there. It's done. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about the mail. You don't have to find your checkbook. <laughs> you know, if you even have a checkbook. They know what a check is. So. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. The younger so that, generations are like, what's a check? What's a checkbook? Why do I need to balance it? <laughs> I know. It's funny. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't worry about it. But definitely respond. And sometimes we'll get two or three notices on the same issue. Mm. they'll respond back and they're like, and then you're like, no, here is what it is. But it's the same thing. Like with the audit, I know how to respond to them in a way that they get. Right. So if I draft it, I'm like, you know, I give them exactly what they need. I don't do gobbledygook. You know, it's very on the point. Yeah. Um, So another reason why it's really helpful, but just run it by. Now, another thing to remember with this, so correspondence, the IRS will only reach out to you 99.9% of the time via U.S. Postal Service. Yeah. They do not email. They do not text. They do not call. Yeah. Anything you receive, any of those ways, is a scam. That's good to know, especially since we're, by the time this episode releases, we'll be in prime tax time. So that's, that is important to know. Because people get really scared of the IRS and they're like, oh, you have to pay now at and they give them their credit card. I'm like, no, the IRS cannot demand payment now. The IRS only takes payment in US dollars, not in Amazon gift cards. <laughs> not um, crypto. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. So any of those. And so I tell my clients, if you have any doubts, call me or send it to me. Like, don't, yeah. don't click on anything. And especially like seniors, they're g- mm. huge targets. So I remind my clients every single year about this. Yeah. Um, the only way the IRS is going to reach out to you is via U.S. Postal Service. Yeah. So that is likely a legitimate uh, 
correspondence, but the rest of these now, most of the time you could just ignore it. Okay. But if you have any doubts, you can send it to me and I'll answer it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So uh, the last fear that I had on here was some people actually fear filing their taxes. For some reason, there's anxiety. They get, you know, they freeze, they get this panic, but we, we got to do it though. Right. You know, I think the reason why that fear often comes up is people have no idea what it's going to be like at the bottom line. Mm. Right. So the unknown is there. My philosophy is that your tax return should be like your annual review at work. It should be a summary of discussions had throughout the year and there shouldn't be surprises. Mm. Right. Because the tax return is a very reactive document. There's not much you can do at tax time to change it. So if right. you do tax planning or work with someone to do a tax protection during the year, I have clients that owe money. Owing money is not a bad thing. Owing right. paying a penalty. So the I, government says you we are on a pay-as-you-go system, right? So we can't just pay our whole tax bill in April with our return. Because can you imagine the financial situation would be in if we had to have everyone just pay once a year? Right. Like we talk about people that are behind. I'm like, it would be a yeah. disease, right? So you yes. pay throughout the year. <laughs> so you have to pay it enough to avoid the penalty. But I don't think it's a bad thing to have a balance due if you know it's coming. Right. Because then you have use of those dollars until tax day, right? Mm, have yes. it ready to use, right? The worst is though, I come to you and I say, hey, Christine, you have a $20,000 balance due and it's April 1st and you don't have the cash and you have to sell something or yeah. figure out what to do. That's stressful. It's the right. unknown, I think, that is the fear. Yeah. If you know it's coming, it's not scary. Exactly. And that scenario that you talked about, I had that happen to a client last year where their CPA, you know, he got everything to them by the 15th of February in like three days before taxes were due. He tells this guy, you owe $20,000. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I said, you need to fire this guy and get somebody else. Yes, so, exactly. Yes, and yes, uh, yes. of course, your name was one of the names that I gave <laughs> to these people. I'm like, look, you know, and it was kind of crazy because this guy actually, the CPA actually re referred the clients to me. And I'm like, huh. I almost never would would send, you know, if you send somebody to me, I'm always sending them back to you. But this person just yeah. completely dropped the ball. And it was like, this is what your tax professional is for. And one of the things I tell people is you should be having at least one mid-year discussion, if not more, with your tax professional, especially if you're making estimated tax payments or you're a business owner or, you know, you've got rental property, et cetera. And the other thing that I see with people too is they they complain about how much their tax professional costs. And I tell them, look, <laughs> first of all, knowing what I know about what different levels of tax professionals charge, I'm usually telling them that's not too much money, first of all. Second of all, in part, you do get what you pay for. And, you know, if you don't want to go cheapest with, you know, I'm just going to hire the cheapest person that'll do my tax return, especially if you're a business owner. That is not a wise financial decision. 
Well, you know, I agree with you on that. And, you know, one of the things I tell people, I work on a flat fee basis with my clients Mm -hmm. um, because my big thing is tax education. I think a lot of fear, as we talked about, comes from the unknown. Mm -hmm. And we interact with taxes on some level every single day. And Mm -hmm. we're not taught about them at all. Like, not at all. And so that's scary. I mean, one, you're dealing with the IRS. And two, it's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it's probably our biggest expense. And so I love the education side of it because once you know, then you can make decisions that work for you, right? So I tell people all the time, listen, I can crunch numbers, but that's only one piece of a decision pie. Maybe you make a decision that might cost you a little more in taxes, but it works for you, right? So at least Mm -hmm. you understand. So my clients, I get calls and emails every single solitary day of the year with questions about Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Just hires. It is worth the peace of mind to have me on speed dial. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. that's and, the and reason that's, why right. I wanted you on this episode because I know that education is one of the cornerstones of your business. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, it is. Of course, you're scared. I'm scared of lots of stuff I don't know, right? <laughs> and and why yes. do you feel anxious? It's like I'm not good at it. Well, you're not good at it. Lots of things you haven't learned. Right. So yes. give yourself some grace, but realize that there is a big difference between a tax preparer and a tax advisor. And there are certain places that are just cranking out returns, right? right. All they're, doing is they're not giving you information. And I don't think they're so inexpensive, to be honest. Right. Um, <laughs> but decide what you want. Your money is a very big thing. Having someone help you is, is worth a lot. And I tell people some years, maybe you use up more of the fee than other years, but like, you have a problem, it's worth it. It's like insurance. Like the one year you need it, it's totally worth it. But like I said, I get calls and emails every single day. Right. Well, and the other thing too is I think sometimes when people are like, you know, I'm a business owner, I'm good with my money. And it's like, we expect that we should know everything about taxes, but I've been very transparent about this. Like I am an accountant. I have my degree in accounting. However, I got a D in tax accounting (laughs) in college. I do not give tax advice other than consult your tax professional, make sure you pay your taxes. Other than that, I do not give any formal tax advice because even though I'm really great with money, there's still certain specialty areas that I'm not an expert in. And so that's true for all of us. And when I think that's a really good point when you're looking to hire someone, make sure they have experience mm-hmm. in the areas that impact you. Yes, absolutely. You know, whether it's rental property or certain types of businesses. Right. Certain industries. I mean, mm-hmm. I laugh when people say that all the time because I used to work at Price Waterhouse and um, I was in the individual tax group. And one of our clients were all the Price Waterhouse partners. And someone said, well, don't the Price Waterhouse partners know how to do their tax return? I said, do you think a mergers and acquisition partner knows how to do his individual tax return? No. <laughs> do you think I know how to do a corporate tax return? No. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, and if especially if you're a business owner, it's going to pay for itself. You cannot Absolutely. stay in business if you do not make money and understanding what's deductible, what's not deductible, when things are taxed, how much they're taxed different filing requirements. That's not a good use of your time to do it yourself. No, that is so true. Well, you know, 
I didn't think that we could talk this long about taxes and I would still actually be like super interested and want to keep talking. However, we are getting to the end of our time together. So in our last minute, do you have any parting words of wisdom for our audience today that we haven't already talked about? I would say just invest in learning about taxes. You don't have to be an expert, mm-hmm. but learning enough so you can ask good questions is well worth your time. Yes, absolutely. Well, listeners, you might never love paying your taxes, but when you're armed with the knowledge and a plan to move forward, there is certainly no need to be terrified. And if you'd like to connect with Lisa Nicer, you can do so on her website, which is L-I-S-A-N-I-S-E-R.com, which we will link up in the show notes. Lisa is very active on LinkedIn and shares lots of great tax tips. So if you're on LinkedIn, be sure you connect with her there. And also, if you're an entrepreneur, check out Lisa's amazing course. It's called What Entrepreneurs Need to Know About Taxes. Uh, We're going to link that up here in the show notes because Money is Emotional listeners will get an exclusive 25% off discount using the code CHRISTINE25. Lisa, thank you so much for your time and being on the show. I know I learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners did as well. My pleasure. I always enjoy talking with you about taxes. Lisa and Christine, this has been fantastic. Lisa, I, I'm i still just kind of flabbergasted by 5 million pieces of unopened mail. And is it wrong for me to feel like I hope they get as much junk mail as I do? Because I just there's so much stuff in my mailbox that I have to go through. And I, I can't imagine those poor IRS agents sitting there you know, with all sorts of things that they just didn't even need to begin with. Um, they can't even do their job. So thank you so much for being on the show. This has been fantastic. A lot learned. Christine... Again, you bring on great guests. When you have guests on, I always ask you the same question. How can people reach out to you to take advantage of the teaching that you do and the network that you have? Because all these guests you've known for a very long time and they wouldn't be on the show unless you felt that you should have them for your listeners. Absolutely. Well, if people want to get in touch with me for coaching or you know, to check out any of my courses, blogs, and free resources, they can do that on my website which is christinelukin.com and connect with me on social media. So I'm very active on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So come lots chat with me there. Yeah, lots yeah. of ways to connect. Again, both of you, thank you so much. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lukin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Christine comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Money is Emotional, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. To get in touch, visit our website at www christinelukin.com or drop us a line at hello at christinelukin.com and don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available the information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest 
and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Christine Lucan. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your advisor, tax professional, or other qualified financial professional with any questions you may have regarding your personal finances.